Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. These are the best socks in the entire world, and I'm so excited to tell you guys about them. So, did you know that socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters? Well, Bombas is on a mission to change that. They created the most comfortable socks in the history of feet, and for every pair of socks purchased, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. They're designed with special comfort innovations, colors, patterns, lengths, and styles. They are perfect for the entire family. Your feet will seriously thank you. So first off, they have donated over 20 million pairs and counting. They're made from super soft, natural cotton, and every pair is designed with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's supportive but not too thick. They're truly the perfect socks. I'm wearing them as we speak, and I, when we saw that, when I saw that we were getting this ad, I was so excited because they're amazing. Um, they have these new ones. They're called like new merino wool socks, and they're supposed to be breathable, dry, never itchy, just like the perfect amount of thickness. They're the best. Um, they have tons of different colors, patterns, lengths, styles. They also are a great gift for anyone on your list. I wear them all the time. I wear them to work out around, just always. They're literally my favorite pair. Um, so you can save 20% on your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash CBC. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash CBC to save 20%. Bombas.com slash CBC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to not only another episode of our Kardashian bonus show, but the first episode in a very long time that is a recap of last night's Keeping Up. Oh Thank my God. Fucking God. It feels so good to be back. You guys, we are sitting here like, I literally, I feel like I've waited my entire life to recap this episode, truly. Yes. For anybody new. Just yes. For anybody new, well, obviously we usually recap the show, but they were on hiatus, so we had to just do deep dives, which were great. We learned a lot. The Chris Jenner one, Kanye, all great. But oh, baby. There's nothing like the OGs, baby. I want to tell you something. Last night, Julie and I turned to each other mid-episode, and she like paused it because we obviously had to do the outline. We literally recap scene by scene, and she turns to me. And I was like, is this the best thing you've ever seen? And she's like, I think so. Well, I just, I, I, we've never gotten more information in an episode. I really, like, it's very rare that we get those tiny little details that's like, 
about their conversations behind. Like, obviously we get so much when they're talking to us and they're explaining something, but it's very rare that we get like behind the scenes insight into conversations that happen off camera. Oh my God, you guys. I mean, we're about to get into scene by scene, but truly it was, there was no fluff in here. They came out guns blazing. They were ready to go and they were ready to give us an amazing season 17. And holy shit, was I ready? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. Obviously, as you know, we go scene by scene. So we're going to start with scene one, which was all the kids and MJ. And this was with Chloe. She still had her curly hair and she was saying that she was just at Diana Ross's birthday. And this kind of starts out the storyline, which happens throughout the rest of the episode of Kim being tired and curious as to what is kind of going on with her. So her whole thing is she's like, you know, hopefully I'm not pregnant. And she takes a pregnancy test and she shows it to Chris to show her that she's pregnant because she had Paxi, who's one of their sound assistants who was pregnant, pee on it and like trick Chris. It was kind of a stupid plot line. But, but like a huge starter, like it was a cute set the scene for Kim. Totally. Someone messaged us and was like, you think that that pregnancy test was like a subtle clear blue ad? I said, what other pregnancy tests are you going to use? Yeah, I don't. I, there's a lot of stuff in there that I do think were subtle. First response you could have used. I guess I think that's really the only ones. I don't those know. Those are the big. Those are the key players. Clear blue seems to be the one that you really want to go with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> Asterix has never been pregnant before. <laughs> anyway, so that was scene one. We're kind of just like getting familiar back with the family. It was like we never left them. Nothing really major happened there. Okay, moving on to scene two. This was a ride. Okay. First off, I want to say there's nothing that we love more than Scott and Chloe together. Best dynamic. Best, best dynamic. dynamic. And we get the best content when they're together. True or false? True. Absolutely. No pun intended. And they just love each other. So Scott asked Chloe kind of like, what's going on with Tristan? Which thank God he did because I needed to know. And <laughs> and Chloe says, and I quote, because obviously we transcribed it. Tristan this morning. I love when you say we. <laughs> you. It's so cute. It's just adorable. <laughs> it was all truly. Tristan this morning kept FaceTiming me at like 6 a.m. And he likes to treat people like they're disposable. And he thinks if he sends me enough flowers and enough text messages, I'm going to come around. I know he was checking to see because I was out that night and he wanted to see what I was doing. He said, by the way, I'm coming to town and I want to see True Friday. It may not be till 7.15. And I said, well, True goes to bed at 7.30. And he said, well, can I see you? And I'm like, no, you can't see me. What would you like to see me about? Scott's fucking face is, his eyes are like, it was like prime Scott. His eyes are bunging out of his head. His jaws dropped. He cannot believe that Tristan was like, well, can I see you? He couldn't believe it. Neither could any of us. No, I mean, none of us could. I also have to say, just to set a little bit of a timeline, that Keep this in the back of your head while we go through this episode. The Jordan Gate happened around February 17th, and True's birthday is April 12th. So this episode obviously centers around True's first birthday, which we'll get into, but keep that time frame in mind. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, it's very important. It's about two months in between. Anyway, so she's saying that she still hasn't spoken to Tristan face-to-face, and she's not ready to. She's like, I, you know, the whole thing is that she's stressed about the idea of him coming to True's birthday, even though she feels like it may be the right thing to do, because she honestly has no desire to be face-to-face with him, which, quite frankly, she's 100% right. Yeah, so warranted. She made a really good point, which we may get into later, which was like, you know, typically when someone has this kind of a breakup, they're not forced to see each other six weeks later. But because it was True's birthday at that time, like, they kind of had to, and— You know, she was just so kind of thrown off guard by the whole thing. right? And totally understandably. Also want to say, in Chloe's confessional, Julie and I both said to each other— She never looked better. Never. I love Chloe. That was her look. In that light blonde, like almost platinum Platinum. blonde, long extensions. Good tan, glowy, yeah. Amazing, amazing look for her. I happen to think she she was like in light pink, right? Yeah. I happen to think that's her color. Light pinks, baby blues. Yeah. She does great in a pastel, I got to tell you. And let me also say that last 
last season when obviously the epic episodes when she was in that short blonde bob with the blue outfit. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And everybody was like, she's never looked better. I hear you, but this one this topped one. it. Yep. I was like, and it was so great because she was talking about Tristan kind of like basically telling him to fuck off and doing so, looking so gorgeous while doing so that I was just, we were, we were just losing it. Anyway. Okay. So then um, Chris says to her, is there anything he could say or do at this point that would make you want him back? And Chloe says no. And Isabel like made a point to us about this, which was that Chris put, what do you, what do you think? Well, I was going to say, I think this comes into play in a later scene. It does. I just, I just want to yeah. set it, which we'll get into, but just keep this in the back of your mind that like, I think obviously Chris is like super, you know, a very um, protective mom and all those things, but potentially just throwing this out there, I'm not saying I agree. It's just an idea that maybe she's a little more empathetic to the situation, to Tristan, not that she is, because of her own cheating past. Correct. Potentially. You know what I mean? Like it can kind of, she can maybe understand it a little bit more as opposed to being like, fuck him, you know? Right. It's just something to think about. I don't know. So anyway— the other storyline that was going on simultaneously that we're now moving into scene three was it was Courtney's 40th birthday. There's so much. I'm freaking out. I'm so excited. I know. There's a lot here. I could have done without the Courtney's plot line. You know, only reason I say no is, is because the end. That one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, yeah, you're right. It's right? not the scene. We needed it. It's we needed fine. it. I'm, we're just really going through scene by scene, but don't you worry. We're going through all the details. So they're at, Courtney and Chloe are at Chloe's rental house. Remember, she was redoing her entire house. And they're talking about Courtney's birthday party. And her whole thing is like, yeah, I'm turning 40, but I don't necessarily want it to be all about me. She doesn't trust Chloe's taste, doesn't trust that it's not going to be over the top and gaudy. And ideally want something a little more understated, right? Correct. Very Courtney vibes. Very Courtney. And Chloe's kind of just like, literally shut the fuck up and let me handle it. Yeah. Chloe's like, I I know what you like. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what you want. I can do it. Just like relax. Yeah. And, and, and Courtney's like listing off all of her roles. She's like, no speeches. I don't want to have to thank everybody for coming. Like, that is so Courtney to be like, I just don't want to have to thank everybody for coming. It's so, she wants to do the bare minimum. Yeah. It's so, it really is Courtney. Okay. So keep that in the back of your head. Next scene. This was, ah, this is my favorite scene. I, do you want to tell us? Tell them what happened. So they're at, first of all, can we talk about Kim's house for one fucking <gasps> second? Say what you want about the interior, like whatever. It's so minimalistic. You can never pull it off unless you are Kim or Kanye. I think it's fucking gorgeous, but like I could never as a normal person have that house. Exterior of that house, and the, it's a compound. It is so so gorgeous. The over the aerial view of that house, I could look at for one straight hour without seeing anything else and be happy. It is pristine. It is gorgeous. The landscaping is perfect. We never see it either. Yeah, we never see that. I think that was the first time we've gotten the full aerial view, pool included, walkways, the, how big it is. Oh, my God. Let me God. tell you something. I know my way around Courtney's backyard like the back of my fucking hand. Kim's, I would be lost. Fully lost. There's no way you don't get lost in that house. Yeah, no, there's no way. Anyway, keep going. So, the, you know, Kim is playing with Saint in the yard. They're so cute. Like, so Scott, Scott shows up and Saint's like, Uncle Scott. And we're like, are you kidding? <laughs> We're like, is this a joke? You fucking, you can't. So they're just so cute. And Scott's, you know, coming and talking and, and saying obviously wants to play with Scott. But this is more into the plot line of Kim just not feeling well. And like her wrists are hurting, her hands are swollen. And she's saying that a year ago she was diagnosed with carpal tunnel. And she's just saying to Scott, she's like, it just doesn't feel right. And Scott's like, have you been doing weird stuff, you know, playing with the old keyboard again? And I was like, <laughs> Does he mean masturbating? I'm like, yeah, he means masturbating. <laughs> I, lo- 
I loved that line. I don't know. I just came so out of left field. Playing with the old keyboard. Yeah, first of all, I've never heard of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> but hey. Did what? your dad say that too? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whatever works. It was it was it was a bizarre, bizarre uh, line, but hey. What I wanted to say about this is that do you remember in the multiple seasons ago when Kim had to hire someone or something to like or she had to it have was the last assistant. year when she had the carpal tunnel and she's taking the selfie and she has like the assistant yeah. take all of her selfies for her, but with, with Kim's own arm out just so she doesn't have to physically hold the camera. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is peak. This is peak Kardashian. It's it's peak Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. honestly. So keep that in the back of your head. And listen, Saint couldn't have been cuter. And you like have she, so many things in the back of your head to keep. I don't even know how you guys are making it. Through I know, the there's episode. a lot. Every scene, every scene, I was like, and keep that in the back of your head. You're like, I, there's no room left. It's, we're out and I'm at capacity. <laughs> I know. There's so much here. I'm beaming. Like, I wish you could feel the energy in this room. I, all of you that were so excited that were messaging us, freaking out about it, like, we were with you. And we were paused because we were going through, like, to do the outline. And I said to Julie, I was like, I never want this to end. It was just such a strong start. Strong as fuck. Really. Also, one thing I wanted to note, that Kim was wearing the Holy Spirit merch. And to me, that's a very conscious decision. Yeah. Well, I— I don't know how conscious it is for that specific merch because I don't even know if you can still get that, but I just think in general they she really does a good job they of like all really wear Yeezy. They really all I it has been probably five years since there has been an episode where at least somebody wasn't wearing Yeezy in at least one scene. It's so true. Also, Saint is just the cutest thing in the entire world. Like we say it every time. He's but, just mushy. And yeah. I always say this to you that little, like, young little boys are mushier than little girls. They're more, like, attentive. There's just something about it. Like, Kim literally throws the ball on that damn thing, and he's, like, Saint's so happy that he goes, runs, and hugs her. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, he's just a mush ball. When she says Sainty. Yeah. Just love it. It just flows. It just flows. Yeah. I almost feel stupid for even second-guessing them with when Saint, the name Saint came out. Like, at first, I was like, that seems like, like a bizarre name. By the name. way, as soon as I heard that name, I was like, Baller. Yeah, you loved it. I there didn't get it There were two names in my life that have been weird names that I've gotten, that's fucking baller, and one of them was Saint, and the other was Sir. When Jay-Z and Beyonce named their son Sir, that's a power move. Yeah, no, it totally is. Okay, moving on to Courtney's house. So again, they're talking, you know, about the whole, like I said, there's two parties being planned. So it's Courtney's and, and True's. And they're having a meeting about it, and it's, this theme is Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and Courtney said, Kim, Chloe says, I'm looking forward to rebranding April. As you remember, April was the month last year that the whole scandal broke. So it's, she's a year out from Jordan Gate, and she's really looking forward Not to Not Jordan like, Gate. The, I mean, the from, first cheating scandal the, a year sorry, out. Sorry, the first Two months scandal, from Jordan Gate. That's what I meant. The first cheating scandal, obviously, because that was literally when she was in labor. And I think she was really looking forward to like, you know what, putting the past That in the past. first cheating scandal seems like motherfucking child's play at this yeah. point. I almost forget it even happened. Oh, I totally, when, it, when they flash back to it, I was like, oh, wait, shit. Yeah, it seems like he just, it, it seems like nothing. I know. And it was, and, and, it seems like nothing. And it was when she was in labor, literally. She was literally in labor. Kim was literally making that face. How do you fuck up so badly a second time that it makes the first time when your nine months pregnant wife is going into labor seem like nothing? Yeah. Wow. That's when you know. I don't think I'll ever do anything in my life that fucked up. Obviously, Julie. Don't you think? Of course. But like everyone does it. That's what I'm saying. It's like everyone has in their life that you're like, that's fucked up and I fucked up there. You will never in your life do something that fucked no, up. No, I mean, you have to really, one, in my opinion, be a raging narcissist. And number two, just have such a lack of a moral compass. Truly, he, and I don't even think it's that he doesn't, didn't love her, didn't love, didn't love true. He really just can't think about anybody but himself, which as you know, we love to dissect. So they're talking about it and 
while she's planning this, Tristan will not stop calling. And she says, she's like, Tristan, stop calling. I can't even check my fucking phone because he won't stop calling. And we're sitting there like, fucking stop calling. Right. Like, are you, what do you want? What do you possibly want? It's like, I don't, you know what my thing is? I understand if he wants to keep trying to win her back. Like, of course I can't relate. It doesn't make sense to me, but you know what? If that's what you wanted, you do it. But do you think calling this woman 20 times a day is going to help your case? Like, no, it's like, when has that it's ever like worked? Stalkerish. It's when has that ever worked? It's almost like, but want to know something? It goes on along the lines of the narcissism. Because totally. It's, because it's, it's like, I don't care how much I'm interrupting her daily flow. I just need to get my point across. I need to yep. get my my name there. I need to show her. Not about like- exactly. Not like she has a kid and me calling her a million times a day or is not making it easier. Or a job or a million other things to do. It's, it's just, just, this is what I think is right. And yeah. I know. Anyway, we'll get obviously get back to that. So we go to the next scene. They're at Kim's house. And Courtney is, is you know, saying that she never really cared about turning older, but everybody's making a big deal. And for some reason, like being 40 just seems like a big deal and that she seems overwhelmed. And as she's talking, Kim notices that she has this bald spot on her head. <laughs> Kim, literally, I need to t- make a comparison and I want to know if you made this because I didn't say this to you at the time. Look at you making comparisons. I know, I'm like you. So she gets so dramatic and she's like, Courtney, you need to go to the hospital right now. What was the hospital going to do? I don't know. It was just her being ridiculous. But do you want to know what I thought of? What? When Courtney was pregnant and Kim saw one stretch mark on her. Oh, yes, she yes, was like, she was good. Like, I see a red dot. Courtney, it's my, it's my worst nightmare. Which like, okay, can I be totally honest? You know, I fuck with Kim harder than anyone. Like I support her till the end. I don't think that's a great message. It's kind of like, it does, one, there are, women that have, message, there are women that yeah. have genuine bald spots. And like they can't do anything about it and can't afford the treatment, which we'll get into later, but she does to fix it, number one. And number two, like stretch marks are a very normal part of growth and pregnancy. And I just felt like making them, so I don't know, vilifying them was just not healthy, but it wasn't her fault. But like, it's just the way she is and who she is. The stretch mark thing was just like bad. And it was one of those things where Kim was young and just like couldn't understand it until she was put in the position. And I'm sure after she had North, there was never a, a comment made about a stretch mark again. The thing with Courtney's bald spot is that I think that Kim knew that it wasn't just like a natural occurrence. Like something had to have happened. And that's why she freaked out. And, and the thing is that Courtney was saying was that she was like, I wore my ponytail so tight that when they took it out, it like literally ripped it out of my head. And my thing is, is that how? Like I wear a normal high pony for a day and I have the most massive headache you can imagine. Like you get a bald spot because your, ha- your hair, your ponytail is so tight and you're just okay. First of all, yeah. And second of all, do you know what I thought for a second? It was a little like, I wonder who the, who did their hair. Like was it Jen Atkins? Was it whatever? Was it a bad look for them? I'm wondering. I don't know. I feel like I operate under this assumption that celebrities don't feel pain like normal people. Because it's like for them to go out every night in heels and be fine or like Kim's fucking corset that she had to take breathing lessons for or like a ponytail that tight. It's like, how do you function? Yeah. I can't even put on jeans without being uncomfortable. I know. So I, I just don't get it. It's not a, It's not about them obviously not feeling pain. It's about the like the commitment to the job. Like that's just, just part of it. They can just get over it. It's just part of it. Like that's, I can't just get over it. No, but also we don't have to. And we've positioned ourselves in a way that that's not our goal. Like Thank we have God. No, Julie and I, anytime we've gone to any event when there's a red carpet, whatever, the first thing we do is make sure make Isabel walk in and make sure that we don't have to go on it. Like we hate that shit. Wearing heels for what, an hour? I don't think anyone's ever wanted us on it. <laughs> no, it's not like anybody, but most people that go obviously want their picture taken on the red carpet where we're like literally never. I'm like, is that a is that a hardwood floor over there? I'm gonna go uh wait, the picture that the I think we used it for one article that that like that Us Weekly party. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, you guys were on the red carpet? No. We, we waited, waited until, until every everybody single- left. <laughs> I love that picture of us. Me too. We waited till everybody left and then we went on. Anyway, okay. So the next scene kind of 
picks up on the same storyline of Kim's illness and her not feeling well. So Chloe picks her up and she's having like really bad hand and wrist pain and she thinks she's rheumatoid arthritis and they go to the doctor and Julie writes a note, Kim at the doctor, I can't even think of one other person's joint doctor appointment I would even remotely care about. Can you? No, but I was fascinated. I think if Paris Hilton went to the joint doctor, I'd be interested, but that's it. Truly. I mean, how do they make the most dull plot lines just like, why do we care? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Let's keep going. Maybe we'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. Chloe's hot pink Birkin in this. I literally said to Julie, Stole write that down. the fucking show. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry about Kim's potential rheumatoid arthritis, but that Birkin was all I could focus on. Yeah. They have them in every color. It's like, really, the color of the rainbows. Really. I was so focused on the on the Birkin that I was like, it's so weird that Chloe's like, well, I hope Chloe's Birkin's okay. I can't believe they had to take it to the doctor. <laughs> no, truly. I also said to Julie in this scene, Chloe's been getting a lot of like slack on social media. Is that a right word? Slack? Sure. Know. A lot of shit on social flack. media. What? Flack. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is it flack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's flack. As I, I was ne- saying, neither sound right to me. I think shit is just better. So Chloe's been getting mm. a lot. And you cut someone slack. Yeah, you cut someone slack and you get flack. Flack doesn't sound right. I'm just going to say shit, so that's why. They're getting a lot of shit on social media yeah. for. <laughs> so, <laughs> are we going to have to cut this or can we just keep going? No, we're okay. keeping it. So, <laughs> Chloe's been getting a lot of shit on social media for the potential plastic surgery that she had done. And I, we never really feed into that, like whatever. But I did say to Julie, just like from an objective perspective, I felt like in that scene, her face did look, like I, I could see what people were talking Can about. Can I ask a question? Did you think it was filler-wise or like nose-wise? Nose-wise. Yeah. In that, I'm not saying she did. I'm just saying in that particular scene, when her head was to the side, I was like, I something looks different here, and I wonder if that's what it is. I don't know. Just it was an observation that I made, and I'm saying it because don't some you think of you it's may weird have. that we still like speculate about people's plastic surgery. Not in the sense of like, not in the sense of like, oh, it's weird that we still care. It's just like it's weird that we don't just assume. Yeah. Like, but I don't think anybody assumes whether or not people had worked on it's more so what work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but people like. The, the way that I feel people are still with plastic surgery, like, Chloe definitely got her nose done. Chloe definitely—I went to Syracuse. We went to Syracuse. I don't know one person that didn't get their nose I done. I know. Like, it's just so—it's so, to me, that it's like, okay. Like, it's so—I just expect it at this point. So it's weird to me that people still speculate about it or still, like, want to know or still care about what specifically— I think what it is specifically with the Kardashians, and I've always said this, is that they are so open with us in every single aspect of their lives to the point where, like, we don't deserve it. Like, truly, as the public, we should not deserve— Oh, my God, we did not deserve this episode. No, but just in general, any of the openness. Think about the stuff that they've shared. Everything from, like, waxing their vaginas to, like, whatever it is. So you would think that they would at least be open about that. It's the one area that they just won't come clean, and I think that that's why— we're not deserving of being frustrating. It's their body. They can do whatever we want, but I think that's what what, what it happens because it's like— are you kidding? We've watched you give birth. Courtney, we watched you pull Mason out of your vagina. And we can't know if you and got a nose job. And we can't know if you got a nose job. Like, no one's judging you. Just let's— But it's the same thing where it's like, yeah, we say we wouldn't be judging them. But on the reverse, it's like as soon as they come out, the whole other crowd of people are judging them for coming out saying it. I guess. I know. It's, they it's they a, can't win. It's it's like— It's a lose-lose, and I totally get it. But I just wanted to say that in that scene, I definitely— When I get my lips done, you'll all get a fucking PSA. Yeah. <laughs> so the next scene— they are at Chloe's house and Courtney's, there's all these flowers. They say, I love you, all this shit. And Courtney's obviously asking who sent the flowers. And obviously they're from Tristan, which is just like, it was very reminiscent of immediately post-Jordan Gate. Well, that's what Chloe was saying was that like all he does is send flowers all the time, constantly. And it's like, the, the thing about it is it's so interesting, his approach. 
is so insincere. It's like, what is the bare minimum of things you can do? Oh, consistently call somebody to try and apologize and send flowers. Like, they, it's like, it's so by the book, it seems like, where somebody said to him, like, oh, how do you apologize? You send flowers. And that's all he knows how to do. Like, it's all he you can— you made that point in and in, in the Jordan Gate episode when you said something, and I, I forget exactly what it was about, but you were like, the way that he's behaving is the, is as if like a sociopath, someone said, This is how one shows empathy. Yes. It's like he, it's not natural to him. It's, it's not, not natural. Like, he doesn't know what he's supposed to, and and granted, I don't know if anybody knows what to do in that situation because most people who aren't like have some sort of, you know moral compass don't usually end up in that situation. But but he's operating as if when he was little, his dad sat him down and was like, yeah, when your mom's, when I screw up, I always get your mom flowers. And then he just emulated that his entire life yeah. and didn't know how else. Like there was no sincere approach. Or, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it just, uh, flowers don't fix everything. It's like, and, and the first time that flowers don't fix it, it's like to keep sending and keep sending. And what do you think the 19th bouquet of flowers is going to do? Listen, if Jeff Lethem can't fix it. Nothing can. <laughs> you got yourself in some deep shit, my yeah. friend. So anyway, so Chloe's saying like she still hasn't spoken to him and she's like, I know that if we speak, it's going to turn into this screaming match. And she's like, I don't want to scream at him. And she said, she was like, you know, the first time that I really considered talking to him is if we do it with a therapist present, like we do a FaceTime session, I would send a therapist to him, he'd have the therapist and I, you know, I, I would, I would be open to that. And Courtney asks her a very question that we were all wondering, which is like, what's the goal? And Chloe says the goal is just to co-parent and to talk. Like, no, you know, no desire for any sort of um, resolve. So what's interesting that I, you know, found out is that, like, what we know at this point is that Tristan hasn't seen truth since the cheating scandal, which I, you know, I knew that that Chloe hadn't seen him. But even in the beginning of the episode, she was like, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. You could assume that maybe a nanny brought him or whatever. And something that I meant to do that I didn't look up is I wonder how many times Tristan played in L.A., since the cheating scandal was and didn't see True while he was in LA. But do you think he wasn't allowed to or he just didn't make time to? Um, so, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't exactly saying it as a, a criticism of him, just no, as I an know. observation. But are we a hundred percent sure that that yeah, she, she hasn't she said, said no, that, she said right? it. Yeah. She said because when when he in the later scene when she says it, like she's like, I wanted him to see True not for the first time at her birthday. Right. I just thought that was really interesting that like you know, the thing is, is that with with Tristan and the way Chloe is with True and with Tristan is that she really puts True first. And I can't imagine that if in those that two-month period, Tristan said to her, I'm going to be in LA for this game. Can I please see True? Like, you don't have to see me, whatever, that she wouldn't have been at least somewhat receptive to that. Can I just ask a clarify? I'm not, I, you 100% could be right. I genuinely just well, forgot. Well, I'm just guessing. I really no, don't no, know. No, no, not but. about that. When she, the scene you're talking about, when she says, "I just want to like see him for the first time before the party," I thought she was talking about herself. She was also talking. She was about talking true. about both. Okay, she said both. She okay. was like, because she had made it clear that throughout she hadn't seen him, and she wanted to get the initial awkwardness out of the way. But she also said, like, I also wanted True to see. Right. Okay. That we'll makes get sense. into that scene. It's in yeah. a little bit. I just very interesting. Very. I think, as they're t- as we're just like focusing on the timeline here. Yeah. Obviously, we are so excited to tell you guys about Third Love, Julie. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing better. It's true. So Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their FitFinder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. They have more sizes than other brands. The convenience is insane. You can skip the trip. You find your, your fit with Third Love's online fit finder. You order it. You try it on at home. There's no more like awkward fitting room experiences. None of that stuff. It is amazing. 
So the first thing is the Fit Finder quiz. The way it works is you answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Julie and I both did it. It's fun. You're like answering all these different questions about your boobs. And I don't know. I love talking about my boobs. So (laughs) there's over 12 million women who have taken the quiz to date. It takes less than a minute. The thing is breast shape. I feel like people don't know this, but breast shape matters so much when you're finding a good fit. It's not just about size. And they help you identify your size, your shape, and find the style that fits your body. Also, there's the perfect fit promise. So every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can just return it and they donate it to a woman in need, which is amazing. Um, They have a whole team of fit stylists that are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. They're available every day via text, chat, or phone. The returns exchanges are super free and easy. And it's just, it's an amazing company and an amazing bra. And you know, I really don't wear bras. And in the rare chance that I have to, this is the only one I do. And Julie is wearing it. As we speak, and her boobs look fabulous, Thank if I don't so say much. so myself. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So the next scene was Jonathan and Kim. And I have to say, so Jonathan is involved with this new burger chain. And Kim, first off, The Kardashians is an hour show. So figure with commercials, we're at like 47 minutes, give or take. Just spend even... 10 seconds mentioning the name and like making a scene about it is an unbelievable act of loyalty. Because let me tell you something, they did not need that as a filler scene. Like Jonathan and Kim could have hang out in any setting. They did not need to do it at the place that he was promoting. That is, to me, that was such a loyalty. I mean, also it wasn't even just that they were hanging out here. Like Kim literally was like, Jonathan is the face of this burger. It's good. If he like said, I trust it. Yeah, she went out of it. She's like, he's the food god. And if he knows, like he knows food. I was like, shit, you are really wrapping this place. Like, Good, good for them. I can't believe that, like, that that Jonathan just woke up one day and was like, I really like food, and now I'm the food god, and we all just went along with it. We were all like, you know food, buddy. Yeah, we all did. It's so true. Anyway, so the whole thing is that she's asking her, he's asking her how she doesn't have a phone case, a charging phone case, and she says she can't lift it because it's too heavy, which sparks into the whole, like, carpal tunnel, whatever she's going through. So Jonathan is feeding her her smoothie, feeding her her onion rings. Talk about peak Kim Kardashian. I just— Oh, yeah. I had to get That, like, was their relationship something up into one scene. Like, Kim is still helping him. Kim is still doing something nice for him. Kim's still promoting him, but he's still there hand-feeding her. Yeah. I had to get out of that scene. I just felt uncomfortable. I just didn't like it. Yeah, no. Although that Oreo Oreo shake looked bomb. The onion rings looked good. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll try their burger. (laughs) (laughs) 
we pass that place every single time we're in LA and we're staying like near West Hollywood when we go because again. Because you see his fucking face in the window and you're like, why? It's so funny. Why? No. Okay, let's move on to the next scene. Why don't you start us off? So Courtney and Kim, I actually thought this scene was so funny. Courtney and Kim are in the car and Courtney says that she asked Chloe to send her birthday invite so that she could approve it. And they send it, and it's the naked picture of her that's in the tub that Mike Rosenthal took. Do you remember the, the comment on this? Yes. <laughs> the Jen, Jen Atkin commented, if Mike took this, we're getting a divorce. Anyway, so Chloe, uh, Courtney says to Kim, like, I, I can't have a naked picture of me and a tagline that says 40 never looks so good on my invite. That's humiliating. It's like saying that I think I look so good. And Kim's like, oh, yeah, I know you can't do that. Definitely, whatever. And then it cuts to Kim and Chloe in a joint interview, and it, it they're like, she picked out this picture and it's a flashback scene of her going like, look at this picture. It's unedited. We should totally use that. It's amazing. And they're like, I don't even know why we like let it bother us that she's complaining. Like we should just know that like she's going to complain and then have a backup option ready to go. It's so true. It really, this episode, something that it really did aside from giving us so much insight into the Tristan drama and everything was like, it, it was such a good um, indicator of their dynamics. Like you really saw the dynamics that we know and love in like full fucking force, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's great. Totally. Okay. So um, I have to say, actually, now that we're saying that, you will always see it cut to Kim and Chloe making fun of Courtney. It will always cut to Courtney and Chloe making fun of Kim. It never, ever cuts to Courtney and Kim making fun of Chloe. So true. Because you know what I think about Chloe in certain ways? She's incredibly, like, the ch- she's the chillest, like, most down-to-earth go-with-flow, but she's very sensitive. She is very sensitive. She is. And I think that you know, I mean, she's a cancer. Obviously, she's very emotional. Duh. <laughs> and I think that, you know, that's probably maybe why. Like, they can take it in a way. But I think she's always the one that the other team's up with. Because she's so much fucking fun to team up with. Yeah. Like, I'd rather team up with her to go against anyone. Yeah, she can give it, but she can't take it. She can't take it as much. And that's okay. Nobody wants to give it to her. I think she's so giving in other ways that I think nobody yeah, wants I think, to. Yeah, But it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. It's an interesting dynamic. It is. That was a good point. Thank you. What? I love you. Okay. So the next scene was True's actual birthday before the real party. And Chris brings over this gift for True and she's like, wants Chloe to open it. And she's so excited. Fucked we, up that they didn't open we it. We never saw what the gift was. Like, it's this beautiful pink wrapping and, and Chris is like, yeah, Chloe, like, I want you to open it. I want you to open it. And we're like so excited to open it and then nothing happens with it. So Chloe, if you're listening, we would love to know. Just, just fucking like, like put it on your Insta story. Yeah. By the way, this is what my mom got. Yeah, exactly. I know you didn't do it on purpose, but like, we fucking care. I yeah. want to know what, I want to know. Me too. I thought it was going to be like a mini Birkin, like a mini baby. Yeah. You know, or like a mini bag. Yeah. Even even like a really small, um, like the mini Balenciaga, probably not because it's like not. No, I don't it's think it's out of her. Balenciaga is like a six month gift. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're one year old and you're a Kardashian, there's no more Balenciagas. You moved on. I know. What am I saying? P has the Gucci, like forget it. Anyway, so Chloe's saying, she's like, I literally had to block Tristan and she quote, I'm so sick and tired of being the bigger person and I just don't want him at True's birthday and that's, and that's not wrong of me. And Courtney's saying to her, like, listen, don't communicate then. And if he shows up, he shows up. And- Chloe's saying that like they did the therapy session and she almost wishes that she didn't because it was just so difficult for her. So they're talking about the idea of having him there and Courtney's like, you know what? Fuck it. We should just tell him that he, we shouldn't come. And Chris is like, no, you you cannot do that. Quote, it's her dad. Listen to me. No one wants to be left out of the memories that are made. After I got divorced from daddy, it took me five years to be best friends. I'm not telling you what to do with Tristan because those feelings are still really raw. I'm just asking you to be a little bit easier. This is what we were saying, that, like, she's obviously a little bit more sympathetic, which makes total sense. I Like, I can't imagine a scenario in which 
Chris would have been okay with her and Robert having, like Robert having a birthday party for the kids and not inviting her. It would have crushed her no matter what she did wrong. But I think that a complaint that they've had with Chris throughout many episodes is that Chris tends to be more sympathetic or empathetic towards the partner than sometimes their own kid as they feel like. And I I don't know if it's, I think she still would have reacted this way and like been a little bit more empathetic towards Tristan, even if Chris hadn't gone through her own cheating scandal because think about how she was with Lamar. She obviously never overdosed in a brothel, but she was still like fairly sympathetic to him when he was, when he was going through it and was in contact with him and all of these things. And it wasn't just because of a joint experience. Just, I think that once you're in Chris's life, she tends to be very protective over you, even if you fuck up a million times. Yes. And although the difference there is that like, she didn't have the same relationship with Tristan that she does with like Scott. No, of course. But I hear you totally. I think that, I think that she... I think Chris has just really taken on this role of being like a diplomat in so many regards. You know what I mean? Like I know she's a driving force and all those things and she's the matriarch, but I think in a lot of ways she wants to kind of keep the peace. And she knows she has these kids, these six kids that have go intense and go crazy. And she's the one that really wants to just like keep things calm. And that's where I think, I think she's never the one that you see firing up. Like we always say, Kim is the girl. She's a ride or die. She's the one that you want with you and you want to just like break plates and shit on your ex-boyfriend. But the other thing about Kim is that she's such a mediator too. She never gets angry. No, but she will be angry with you. Yeah, she'll be angry with Whereas you. Whereas Chris, we don't see her in that role that much. I'm trying to act, while well, I'm saying it, I'm trying to think of a time when she was, like in recent history. Kim or Chris? Chris, when she, when someone was so pissed and she fed into it. I feel like her role as of late has been like, let's just like take a deep breath. Yeah, and I think she, I mean, I definitely think the cheating aspect of it played into this. I think she knew that. It's just surprising to me, like, the thing is, is that it's not unusual for divorced parents to have separate birthdays. It's not unheard of. It's no. not the craziest thing. And I understand like true wanting to look back at the memories. But I mean, in my opinion, there's no reason that Chris couldn't have said, fine, uninvite him and let him throw his own birthday party for true. Totally, totally. She says, so what Chris says that she's like, she thinks that down the road that Chloe will be happy that she celebrated her birthday, you know, with with both parents there. And it cuts, which I thought was a really like Kanye-esque addition. It cuts, Ooh, right? Yeah. It cuts to a video of Robert Kardashian at Kendall's fourth birthday saying, happy birthday, Kendall. I hope you like all the presents I bought you, which was just really emotional and kind of brought it full circle and more to Isabel's point, which I was saying. Um, and she says, quote, hopefully when True looks back at all the pictures of her birthday, she'll be able to see both of her parents there. Listen, hopefully, and she did, but it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world if she didn't. I supported it. I, want, I thought that he should have been there, but I also totally would have gotten if he didn't. You know, the thing is, it's... In a lot of divorce cases, is like when a kid is that young and something like this happens, it's like, you know, I never, you never want to have to explain why. Like, let's say like by their, by true second birthday, everything was, you know, fairly okay. And they were able to be in the same room together. And now second through all the rest of the birthdays, Tristan's there and they have, a, and one day true would have to be like, why isn't dad at my, was that, why wasn't dad at my first birthday or for a normal kid? I don't think True is ever going to be able to like have that, the the luxury of not knowing. She's going to grow up her whole life knowing what happened because whether it's the family talking about it, one of the cousins slipping, Mason's obviously old enough to understand what's going on. Penelope overhears things. Kids at school are going to know. It's one of those things that's like- <laughs> Also, you ever heard of Google? No, but also <laughs> it's just one of those things that like she doesn't get the luxury of having to ask why was daddy not there? So- I think it would have been understandable for him not to be there because it's not like True's going to grow up not knowing that information. I totally understand. I like I first of all you're spot on. I agree with you. I just think that 
I think it was the right decision. Again, if she didn't, that would have been fine too, and it would have been totally understandable, and she should not have felt any pressure. But I think in the long run that, I don't know, I just think there's something about, you know, your child's first birthday that if she could stand it, if she genuinely could do no, it, and, I know. and it wasn't a detriment to her mental health, which we ended up seeing that it kind of was, so maybe it wasn't the right decision. But if, it, if she felt like she could handle it, I was proud of her that she did. That's yeah, not everybody's I was saying, opinion. actually, with the, you're right in the sense that, like, it, it, it was, it well, I, I'm not saying it was the wrong decision. I'm just saying justifying the other side of if she hadn't, it also would have been fine. Totally fine. But I was saying this to somebody the other day that, like, especially Chloe in this position being the bigger person, it's like, it is the shittiest thing you'll do, but I can't say that I've ever once been the bigger person and then regretted it. Mm-hmm. So, so true, Julie. It's, that is a really true statement. You never walk away and you're like, wow, I shouldn't have done that right thing. Right. Like, you know, if anything. Like in the moment you're like, holy fuck, I hate that I have to do this. But after it's all said and done, you're never like, I, I should not have been the bigger person in that scenario. There's nothing better than not having a guilty conscience about something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like really being able to feel like I did what was the right thing. I did what felt good to me in the moment I felt intuitively was correct. And also like the thing, I guess, especially for Chloe, and I, I don't know what it's going to be like for True growing up, knowing her father did this or whatever. But like Chloe will always be able to say like, no matter how low he went, I always went high. Very and like Michelle she'll Obama. always, yeah, she'll, oh, but like True will always grow up with that knowledge. Like no matter what her dad did, her mom was always in the, like always did the right thing by her. Right. Her mom, her mom did a FaceTime therapy session with him to make, to break the ice before, like all of those things. Right. Oh my God, I can't wait to get into that scene. There's so many things. Okay. So there's this really new, cool service called FrameBridge. And basically they make it very easy and affordable to frame your favorite things. So art prints, posters, travel photos, you know, the stuff that you have sitting on your phone that you want to frame but never really had a convenient way to do it. So you go to framebridge.com, you upload your photo, or they can send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. You preview your item online in any frame style. You choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. And basically, they have this like expert team that they custom frame your item. They deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. And it's instead of paying, you know, hundreds at a framing store, their prices start at $39. All shipping is free. And our listeners get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code CELEBS. It's such an easy service. It's such a good way. Like, personally, I always feel so guilty that I have all these pictures on my phone. I never do anything with it. And I tried it with a couple of the travel photos. It was so easy. It's really convenient. And I, I honestly highly recommend this. So get started today. Frame your photos or send the perfect gift for weddings, birthdays, and special events. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code CELEBS. You'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code CELEBS. Again, that's framebridge.com. Dot com promo code celebs. So this was True's still actual birthday. Tell us about the scene because this was no, it was the best. All of the cousins come in. I didn't see Stormy or Dream, but they could have been off camera. They could have not been there. You never know. It's okay. So they all come in. Saint and Rain are so fucking cute. It's just like the next generation. You know what I mean? Like you saw Penelope North, the matching Balmain outfits, the ballet. Now. Ah, oh, now you have Saint and Rain like wrestling. It's just like they're like brothers. They're it's really, like the same way that Penelope and North were raised like sisters. They're being raised like brothers, and it's so cute to watch. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. And then next, you're gonna see like Chicago Stormy and True all together, like when they're a little bit older and feel the exact same I way. I know. I'm, I'm already. I'm just already so excited for it. They they've never been cuter. I just love. I love the two of them together. When we saw them the first time, we realized it was when they were on Ellen together. I know. That's when it really hit. 
And you could, they have this like special bond. It really is. It's not just like cousins. Like they, oh my God, they love each other. When Rain and Sane are sitting there in Ellen and Rain's like, this human is adorable. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, stop, help me. I know. And also I think that Saint, you know, Rain's outgoingness brings out the shyness out of Sane a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. Maybe Saint will calm Rain down a little bit. Yeah. Who knows? I think that they- <sighs> I can't stop thinking about them. Like I'm having visions of them being in high school together. Julie, them at like 17, like to, I'm having visions and then like dabbing each other up in the hallway outside their lockers. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then they skip study hall together. No, there's just, I can't. I, I truly talk about a show that we need. And Scott and Kanye come and pick them up. They're like, no, we won't tell mom. We won't tell mom. <laughs> but this is why. This is why that people say like, oh, the Kardashians, they're done. No, they're not. Because you tell me the people that are obsessed with them now aren't going to care about North in high school. I almost want it to be a scripted show. Like I almost want the next generation to be like, one Tree Hill with the Kardashian kids. Yes. Wow. What an idea. We got to talk to someone about this. <laughs> Isabel slow clapping in the background. I have to stop saying my good idea. I know, I know. Okay, should we move on to the next scene? If we have to, well, I they mean, all sing happy birthday to True. It's fucking cute. It was just, just so cute. It was really cute. Okay, so this was when, moving on to Courtney's whole bald spot thing. She, that was very weird. Bald spot thing. She goes to Dr. Why do you have an accent? I don't know. She goes to Dr. Jason Diamond, who, fun fact, I forget the name of the show. It's well, you may remember it. It was like Plastic Surgeons of the 90210 or something. There was a reality show years ago that he was on. I have known about this guy for years. I wonder how many people were expecting you to be like, fun fact, distant relative. Yeah, well, if we, if we meet someone at random, my dad doesn't meet him. He's like, they ask about Neil Diamond. He's like, yeah, my uncle. Always. Always. <laughs> Always. But anyway. I bet if you traced it back. Neil Diamond. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm any di- I, uh, Diamond's a pretty common name. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so um, she goes there to like fix the bald spot and he injects her with like the blood plasma stuff or, um, you know, basically to be able to regenerate the growth. And he's like, it's fine. No problem. We're just going to inject it. You come, you know, twice a month for the next three months. And what I was thinking is like, I know in Beverly Hills, this is the most normal thing ever. And honestly, in New York and in a lot of places, like, and if you're of that stature, that celebrity or, or that wealth, you know, it's very normal that you'd get a bald spot. And of course you just go to the plastic surgeon and get it injected. I was wondering how many people were watching that though and being like, what the fuck? I texted really- text my dad. I was like, we can do your whole head. <laughs> Your dad is fucking Jason Diamond. Isabel texts us midway through the episode. And she's like, I'm just going to say it. I think that Dr. D- Dr. Diamond is creeping in on Dr. Orion's territory. And I was like, you know what? You're not wrong. She's like, they've been there a lot. I was like, and Chrissy seems to put him as a favorite. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll have to test them both out and see what we think. We'll see what we think. But I, but yes, absolutely. Um like it was just absurd that that's yeah. a thing. Kyle Bassa saying big enough for the two of us. <laughs> no, no, that's that's why Dr. Orion started doing the cappuccino with the pictures on it. Because yeah, he saw that Jason was getting more attention. He's like, not on my watch, yeah. bucko. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna need a biggest plastic surgeon's office. They should just join Diamond, Diamond and Orion. Oh my god, I just came. I li- literally just came. Okay, so moving on to Courtney and Chloe at Courtney's house. And this was- Here we go, baby. This was it. This was so good. Okay, so she's talking about, they're talking about the party, Courtney's party, not to be too confused with True's party that is also simultaneously happening. I'm sorry that there were a lot of birthdays, but listen, we don't make the rules. We just play by them. So they're sitting outside and Courtney is saying that she's feeling really anxious about having the party and- Chloe's like sick of it. She's not hearing it. And she's almost saying that she's offended because she's like, you don't trust, you genuinely don't trust me. Like you clearly don't trust my taste. You don't trust my judgment. Like, And then Chloe's like, you know what? Something else is going on here. You're clearly using this as like a cover up for whatever you're actually feeling. Yeah. And 
which Courtney kind of admits to. And she says that the anxiety she's feeling, a lot of it is about dating and feeling like she has to be in a relationship. And Chloe says to her, is it scary because you're thinking about Scott? And when she asked that, I grabbed Julie so goddamn tight. I was like, question of the motherfucking hour. Can I ask you a question before we continue? When you saw the previews for this scene of her crying about her birthday, what did you think she was upset about? Not Scott. What did you think, though? Um, I thought it was going to be that she still hasn't found her, like, thing. I thought it was that she was having anxiety just about getting older, like the amount of time she would have left with her kids. Interesting. That's what I thought it was going to be. It would be very on brand for right, her. Right, very on brand for her, yeah. yeah. I I just thought it was going to be about, like, I don't know my place in this, like, family. Like, Kim has her skims. I have this. I know she has poosh now, but— that, And that, that's me saying it now sounds so superficial, but— As she drinks her Vital Proteins yeah, Julie, water. I swear I know we're not on film. I swear to God, Julie is drinking her collagen Vital Proteins water. We we storied that, by the way. Just a quick side note. We storied that one time because, like, the Fosters did it, and we saw it, and we really liked it, and we found it. It was not an ad. Trust me, I would love it to be an ad, if, and if it is, we will tell you. And— um, a lot of people message us like, do you like it? I'm telling you guys, the red flavor and the blue flavor, I thought were amazing. That's no, the blue flavor. Blue fl- It's lemon. It tastes like lemon water. And the reason I love it so much is because a lot of lemon waters you get either have like a faint taste of lemon or a very artificial taste of lemon. This tastes like you squeeze the lemon in it, yeah. which is what I love, as we all know. Yes, we're big fans. Anyway, so Chloe asks her, you know, um, is it scary because you're thinking about Scott? And she says that, you know, they're they're in a— great place, but that she doesn't feel any passion with Scott, which bullshit. I'm sorry, bullshit. I've never had three kids with Scott and I feel an intense amount of passion yeah, with him. I just, I just don't see it. And Chloe said, you definitely feel incomplete somewhere. Like if you do go back with Scott and it doesn't work out or not being able to see somewhere, someone else that you care about. And, you know, Courtney said, she's like, she's saying she has so much anxiety and she feels like she has, you know, she has to have everything figured out by her birthday and she doesn't know what she wants in terms of her relationship. And she says, quote, you think about what your life should look like at this age and it's making me feel like I failed in some way. It was really emotional. Yeah, it was hard to watch. I have to say, I find, I know this is going to be a weird statement. I find the way that Courtney cries more relatable than the way the others do. I feel like the others are so quick to just have this emotion. Like, even Kim. Like, it'll just set in on Kim and she'll, like, break down. And Chloe will just be— With Courtney, it's like, dig, dig, dig. Okay, then it's, like, works up, and then she starts crying. I find it very relatable the way she reacts to things. Well, yeah, because you're so emotionally closed. No, I just think in general. For other people, I think in general, too? for other people, just the way they, where she's, like— To some people, yeah, but for the other people that cry at the drop of a hat, they probably feel a lot more relatable to Kim because they're like, wow, at least I'm not the only one that cries when there's a spider. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think it's it's both ways. I think it depends on how you handle your own emotions. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I feel you on the on the Courtney when she, I, I can't stop thinking about the scene. Me and Julie paused it just to talk about it last night because we were freaking out so much. In that moment, all of my thoughts about, and I've said this for so long that I really believe that Courtney and Scott are going to get back together, and I love him and Sophia together. I don't wish anything bad on them. I just feel like. Courtney and him are meant to be. I truly feel that in my soul. And in that moment, I felt for a second like there was hope. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that the reason, after having seen this scene, do you think that the reason that Courtney is so willing to spend so much time with Scott and Sophia is that she'll just do anything at this point to be able to spend more time with him? Interesting. Um, I don't think so, no, because I think she could be spending a lot of time with him anyway. But, I mean, consider it, though. He has a girlfriend— the kids are now close with the girlfriend. There's no issue with her hanging out with them. He obviously gets X amount of time with the girlfriend. If Corny was so, like, is Corny now in a position where she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to hang out with the girlfriend because it just gives me more of an opportunity to be with him. 
I mean, you have good of you as good I mean, of an I idea. Don't know. As I'm just, I don't know. I'm just throwing out the hypothetical. It's a, here. it's a good hypothetical. I don't know. I feel like maybe no, just because to me, I'd rather. It, and again, this is maybe not true for her. It almost sounds more appealing to not spend time with him than to have to spend time with him with the girlfriend. But again, you know, knowing Kardashians, they seem unbothered. What I said to you last night was that okay. If anybody could do it, like in terms of handle this like gracefully, they have. The fact that Courtney is so okay with this whole thing, like, is unbelievable. But I said to her, I was like, I said to Julie, I was like, I think deep down, she's not so chill about it as we all think. Like, well, I don't it think must, so either. It must be really fucking hard. You have a you have three kids with this guy. You may potentially still love him, may not, fine. And here he is with like literally and Courtney is so hot. It's not a it's not a looks competition. Please don't like make it out to because they are both absolutely stunning. But it's like here he is with literally the hot, like one of the hottest girls in the world and, yeah. and so public about it. And she's so out there. She's so young. She's best friends with you. I don't know. I just feel like maybe there's a part of her that's like, what the fuck? This is not what I pictured. And I think everyone probably feels that way about what Courtney's doing. I mean, listen, the thing about Courtney and Scott that I always say is that I can't imagine being in Courtney's position where you've put so much work into a relationship, had these kids with somebody, poured your heart and soul into trying to fix somebody, and then you guys break up and all of a sudden he's like super perfect dad, perfect boyfriend, perfect everything. And it's like, why didn't I get that benefit when we were together? I know. And and, and every time we have this conversation, the thought, I agree with you fully. And then the thought pops into my head of like, well, is that as evidence to say they are toxic together and clearly her presence as a girlfriend in his life just doesn't work, is not conducive for him being, quote, good. Do you think that, and the way I feel about Courtney and Scott is that they had to have broken up. There was just no yeah. way they could have stayed together. But do you think Courtney has a lingering guilt about like, maybe if I put more work into it, he still would have gotten better and we would have still been together? But totally possible. I don't know. I do not that's know. that's a hard thing to deal with. There's, you know, it's hard to know you did the right thing, but still feel like you did something wrong. I know. I don't know. I feel like Courtney does a lot of work on herself and like tries to, you know, come from this place of like whateverness, spirituality or, or, you know, I don't know, meditation kind of vibe that maybe not. But yeah, there's the real aspect of it, which totally possibly, I don't know. This scene just hit me deep. And I, it was a really powerful for them to have it on camera to, first of all, to be honest. Yeah. And second of all, if there was no like pride aside, no, this wasn't films, she could be totally honest. I think the truth of the matter in that moment was like, I just miss Scott. No, I don't think she'll ever say it out loud. No, she won't. Not even, no, not even on camera. No, I don't no, no, think no. she'll even say it to Chloe in private. I, I, I want to clarify what I meant. Literally, if she was alone, like her thoughts, I think that that's what it was. I don't even think she'll admit it to herself. Do you think that that was what was going on though or no? I think it's got to be, I think it's all of it. I, I don't think she's lying. I think she genuinely feels like she's 40 years old. And at a place in her life where she is single and doesn't have anybody that she like feels like, you know, I think it's hard to be 40 and be like, I don't have anybody that I feel I'm going to grow old with. It's like a really anxiety inducing thing. And I think part of her is maybe thinking about Scott in the sense of, well, I had that person, not necessarily that you were so in love with them that you wanted, but you just had that person that you could have grown old with and now you don't have it and the idea of that hurts. I don't think she will allow herself to admit to herself that she wants Scott back or that she still loves Scott. I think it's too painful for her to even have that thought. So she just pushes it down. I mean, there's no way that, and I don't care how like how much you can bottle, how much you can, you can say you're okay with it. If you allow yourself to admit if she allows herself to admit that she wants Scott or that she's still in love with him, there's no way she'd be able to still hang out Scott, Sophia, and her. There's yeah. just no way. No, you're right. I agree with I agree with that. I really do. 
She could feel it, but she doesn't. She is, she would never admit it to herself. I just think it's like, Scott is so desirable right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to not want someone when they're when they're doing actions that are so damaging to themselves, damaging to your kids, all these things. Scott is in, um, is in like ideal form. He couldn't be better. He's flipping houses left and right. He's, you know, he literally never looked hotter. I mean, I just... I was so worked up during this scene. Well, because it's hard. Because on one hand, you're like, at one hand, on one hand, you want to shake both of them and be like, "What? What are you doing? Like, you're both in the best place in your life. You can just get back together, and, and it'll be like it never happened." And then on the other hand, it's like, "Well, how? How do you just go back to that?" I it's know. like it's it's frustrating being the viewer and watching them, knowing that there is a possibility that they could get back together and be happy, but also knowing that like. If they got back together and it didn't work out this time, then forget it. They may never be able to see in the same room again. I know. I know. It's really— And also, then, there's the third aspect of it, whereas this would be so much easier if his—like, for us as the viewers, which, again, I know doesn't give a shit about us, but, hey, <laughs> we're in this deep already. Like, if him and Sophia's relationship was showing to be toxic, or, like, Sophia really just was not a good person. Like, all these— it would I mean, be, all of these reports we get are is that she brings in the out the absolute best That's what him. I'm saying. It would be so much easier for all of us to wrap our heads around it if she wasn't. Meanwhile, we're like, fuck, we actually really like Sophia. We really are happy for them. But it's like this, you know, this deep down, it, when you're a very intense Kardashian enthusiast, you feel this attachment towards Courtney and Scott because you've been there since day one. God, I, I just got to right. go to therapy with them. Okay, we'll move on to the next scene. Um, we're at the next scene and we're at Kim's house. And this is when she gets a call from her doctor saying that her antibodies are positive for lupus and for rheumatoid arthritis, but that you can sometimes get false, false positives and Whatever. She was really freaking out, understandably so. Um, Kylie was there, which at a, at a left field, I mean. Yeah. And then she stayed around for the around the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, Chloe comes over. Like, everybody's everybody's kind of there and all comforting Kim. There, we didn't really have any news. We How didn't do they know. always just know when to show up? Well, it's it's just not. No, but I know. But it's like Chloe's on the phone. I mean, Courtney, Kim's on the phone. You know, uh, Kylie's next to her. Okay, fine. Chloe happens to walk into the house at the exact same time they get the call, and then all of a sudden Chris is there too. It's like, how do you, how do you guys, how? Really great production is, is how it happens. I told you that one time that I, the Real Housewives thing that I was at, they had to pull in like literally six times just to get the right, like reality television, not that it's fake, but it, it's scripted to an extent. Yeah. Beyond. Oh my God, of course. I mean, it's beyond, just crazy. Beyond. It's, I've heard some, I mean, we both have heard some stories about like, they set you up to the exact situation for everything to blow. They don't give you lines to say necessarily, but they put you in the position. Yep. But let me tell you something. This entire thing could be fully scripted and I'd still watch. I don't give a shit. They could put on a movie about this and I would still watch. There's pretty much nothing they could do for, for me not to watch. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we're at Kim's house again, this next scene, and she is she's studying, whatever, and, and Chloe's there. And Kim's saying that, you know, she said, she's like, listen, I heard through the grapevine that um, you're inviting Tristan. And she asks, you know, do you think it's a good idea because it's going to be such a spectacle? And I think Kim's concern is that True's birthday is really going to just turn into it all being about Chloe and Tristan, which is obviously no, but nobody wants. And Chloe is like, I, I can't be questioned about this right now. Like, this is such an emotional time for me. There's so much going on. I, she doesn't want Kim's analytical approach to this in a Kim's way. Kim's a fucking pot stirrer also. Oh, she's a full-blown instigator for sure. Middle child shit. And she said, she's like, I, I already made the decision that True's dad is going to be at her birthday. The sooner things can just go back to normal, we can move on with our lives. And I just, Chloe's like, this is why I didn't want to tell you because Kim won't stop pushing. And Chloe's like, it's really, I just don't want, this is an unnecessary stress that I just don't need. Right. Which like, I kind of agreed. She already made the decision. There was no need to go back on it. It was too late to go back on it. It was too late to go back on it. 
So imagine if you could use one program for all of your health and weight loss needs. So no more hunting for training apps, workouts, calorie trackers, meal plans. Plus, you would have a goal specialist and a community of members to keep you motivated and accountable. Kind of like having a workout bestie all in one place. So we're talking about Noom. The thing about Noom is that there's so many different goals that it can help you achieve. So, you know, whether that's a physical thing like better self-care, feeling more confident in clothing, having more energy and overall glow. Also the ability to kind of make healthy choices and, and be in a better mood. And I think specifically social life-wise, being able to go out again and you don't have to stay at home because you're not, you know, you're not, you don't want to be tempted or you're not sure how you're going to act in that situation. Being able to learn how to resist and be comfortable in social environments, I think is such a huge plus because it's something that can be so limiting to so many people. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a really uh, good system. And basically it's a, it's a habit changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. So Noom is based in psychology and it teaches you why you do the things you do. And then it arms you with the tools to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones, as opposed to kind of like a bandaid fix. That's, that's not at all the approach. So listen, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M.com slash celebs. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash celebs. Start your trial today. That's Noom.com slash celebs. This was like one of my favorites. You ready? True birthday. Next, let's fucking get into it. The next two scenes them. are so good, you guys. Oh my God. These are the last two, right? Yep. It's 18 scenes if you've been counting. We're on scene 17. Okay. So they're at Chloe's rental again and they're getting ready and- Chloe's in full hair and makeup, and she's telling her assistant, Alexa, that she had Tristan at the house yesterday. And I felt like she was telling us. Yeah. Didn't you feel like she was telling us? Totally. So, quote, Tristan came over so we can get the whole initial weird seeing each other out of the way. And it was awkward, but I think it would be weird if he saw True for the first time at her birthday party. Say, saw True for the first no, time at her right, birthday party. No, you're right. I didn't know. And she said that, you know, it was kind of weird at first, but that True was so excited. She was like, True was literally jumping in her arms. Yeah. Right? Well, she said that she she answered the door for Tristan with True in her arms, and True was like jumping up and down. She was so excited to see him. Yeah. Quote. Which is sweet. It, no, it was really sweet. Quote. Then he was just kind of lingering, and I was like, are you going to put her to bed? And he stayed, but it was, it was with the intention of seeing me. And he says, do you want to grab a glass of wine? And I was like, I, and I was like, it must say dumb fucking whore on my forehead. And he was like, no, it doesn't. And then he was like, can I have a hug? And I like one arm hugged him. And he was like, what, a one-handed hug? And I was like, yeah, that's nice enough. And then he tried to kiss me. And I was like, this is the problem with you. You can't just take what you get. And then this morning he was like, thank you for letting me see True. She looked great. You looked even better. Julie writes in all capitals, I can't believe we're getting this info. I literally can't believe we're getting this info. That is more insight than I think we've ever gotten. That is, there is no reason that that had to have been given to us. That we spend so much time speculating what happens behind the scene, what happens off camera, what happens between Chloe. Every single thing that we wondered about Tristan's actions after and the way he is, we got answered in this. I don't have any questions about the way Tristan is now. I don't. Before, I had all of these questions that are like, well, are they speaking? Has he, I know exactly who he's seen. I know exactly where he's been. I know exactly how many times he's seen True. I know exactly how often he tries to get in contact with her, how many flowers he's sent. Everything was answered. There's no speculation. How did we get so fucking lucky? I don't know. I, I really don't know. This was this was my favorite. This one scene I think was my favorite. I know I keep saying that a lot. I think this was my actual favorite because I know all of you can picture it so goddamn vividly. Tristan walking in, being like, "What? Like, 
Come on, I don't get a two a two two hug, I can two see arm it. hug. I can see but it because that's such a guy thing. How many fuckboy guys do you know where it's yeah, like he's the what? definition of a fuckboy. He's boy. the de- how many guys think about like back to high school? Oh my god, like you, there's oh, there's what? that kid just just, what, just a hug. There's a kid that won't leave you alone. He's like what? Like I I don't I just get a hug. Like yeah, you fucking just get a hug. Like let me alone. You Did know they what I mean? all take the same? Like who taught them this? I, there there must be some underground fuckboy society that we are not privy to. I swear to God, there has to be. I'm gonna go to a meeting undercover. We gotta go. It's supposed to be lit, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, we got to go. Okay. So, and then she says, quote, I just want him to know I'm inviting you because you're True's dad, and I do believe you should be there, and that's my choice for True, and that's really it. And I don't want him to take that the wrong way, because if I give it in, she takes a mile, and he mistakes my kindness for weakness. That was such a good way to put it. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. She was being kind. She was being the bigger person. And I think she had the same fear all of us did that then he was going to see, oh, that's vulnerability. Vulnerability. This is where I can attack. This is where I can pounce. Yep. Like a goddamn jaguar. And that's what narcissists do. Yeah. They look for vulnerability. Exactly. Again, subconsciously. Like, I think it's just so part of his personality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (sighs) Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the home stretch, the last scene, the fucking grand finale. (sighs) We are at True's birthday party, which, by the way— all of us have seen a lot of the details ahead of time. Of course, we saw the you know the light blue silk and the whole Mindy Weiss arrangements and all this kind of stuff, but we didn't see it in the flesh like we saw it in this episode. It was amazing. Oh, okay. You want to start off? So, you know, Chloe and True walk in and they're matching blue outfits, True and her little baby Yeezys, and they walk outside and the whole thing is like, we said before, like somewhere over the rainbow theme, but it has like Shetland ponies and these little puppies and baby bunnies and a ball pit and just all like, Anything you could ever want for a kid's birthday party was in Chloe's rental house backyard. It was it, it was just adorable and amazing, whatever. True's having the time of her life. So we see, you know, all of the kids. Stormy's there. Kylie's holding Stormy. All of the, everyone's there. And Kim starts to be like, they, they see Tristan come in. And Kim's like, well, are we saying hi to him? Are we saying, Kim is such a fucking instigator. She goes up to every single person at this party and is like, are we supposed to be saying hi to Tristan? Are we supposed to be saying hi? Be chill, Kim. Yeah. Have some fucking chill. I have to say, though, hold on, because I want to, I'm about to get into the most intense discussion about this. I have to just mention Scott holding those goddamn golden retriever puppies. No. Fuck me up. I am guess not. Guess I'll come. <laughs> it's literally that meme. The, the guess I'll come meme. It, I, no. No. There are no other no. words. No. And I'm not even, you guys know this about me. I'm not even like a huge dog person. Holy shit. There's something about Scott Disick and a golden retriever puppy. Yeah. For all of me. Literally, Scott Disick could be holding a water bottle and I'd be like, no, fuck me up. Fuck me up. Like, <laughs> only are you kidding? <laughs> only, <laughs> only if it's boss. <laughs> he could literally be holding the Saudi and I'd be like, fuck me up, I Scott. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So as Julie was saying, Kim is going up to everyone at this party and is like, so like, what's the deal? I was saying, whatever. And it's like, I was getting, I was getting stressed for Chloe kind of, you know what I mean? And Chloe was trying to like be chill and be calm about it. So Tristan is talking to Kanye and everybody's looking. So Kim decides to take it on the liberty of herself that she's going to go over and talk, and talk see to what's Kanye, up. see she's- what's up. So she walks over and she's like, babe, like, you know, I saw you're talking to Tristan. Like, what were you guys talking about? And Kanye says to her, yeah, like, he was kind of pissed that uh, that she was, that, that we used Runaway. In the promo. We, in the promo. Like, he didn't like that he was using iMusic to reinforce his narrative. Just to clarify, because people were confused about that, which would just— what he was saying is that the last season of Keeping Up 
when the whole thing broke, the music that they used in the promo was Kanye's song, Runaway. That's exactly And also, it. just for clarification on the lyrics of why that's an even bigger deal, is this is the song that's let's have a toast for the douchebags, let's have a toast for an assholes, every single one of them that I know. So, like, it wasn't just, like, Kanye's song in a Keeping Up a Kardashian promo about Tristan. It was, like, literally a targeted song about him being an asshole. So, so Kanye says that to Kim, which Kim is like, first of all, like— because Kanye says, quote, he felt like we were using my music to reinforce his narrative. And Kim says, we don't control the narrative. Like, fucking acts, exactly. Like, there wouldn't have been a narrative if you didn't cheat on Chloe with Jordan Woods. How the fuck is that the Kardashians' fault that they're using Kanye's song to further promote you being an asshole? If you were never an asshole in the first place, this wouldn't be a discussion. Right. And what was weird about this was then Chloe then walks over and gets very upset by the fact that they're like talking about this. Like, she sees Kim and Kanye talking about obviously the conversations, like what's going on. And Kanye like tells Chloe, just like Kanye was like an innocent puppy. He was just like, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know how I ended up. I'm just saying what he said. And Chloe freaks out at Kim and is like, why are you doing this on my daughter's birthday? Why are you having this whole discussion at my daughter's birthday? Why are you doing this? So Chloe comes over. She's so upset. And the thing is that I didn't get in this scene is why Chloe was flipping out at the two of them. Because first of all, it's Tristan's fault for bringing it up at the first place. Like Tristan was the one that said to Kanye, started off an altercation by being like, I, I, I didn't like that you used your song in it, like starting an issue. Him went to go see what was up. It wasn't like there was a fight that was breaking out between Kim, Tristan, and Kanye and the three of them were talking. Kim and Kanye were off to the side talking about it. And I guess because like, Courtney and whoever came over to like see what was up, it started to become a little bit bigger of a thing. But Chloe completely took it out on Kim, which I thought was unfair. I have so first of all, yeah, I think it was that she really wanted to take it out on Tristan and was so pissed that Tristan even said that, but she knew there was there. Let me tell you something. There was a zero percent chance that she was gonna freak out on Tristan at True's birthday. She was gonna play it as safe as possible. So she had to freak out on someone, and Kim was the easiest target. I just felt like it was really unfair and unfair of her to be mad at Kim. What's like I get it. Like, Kim's approach isn't so great. But I think Chloe forgets in this moment that, like, this isn't Kim being upset for Kim. This is Kim being upset and protective over Chloe. I know. I and think- I understand that, like, they obviously go about things two very different ways. But in this moment, like, it was just a conversation between Kim and Kanye. I just think that uh, one, I think one, what you said about, like, Courtney and everybody coming around and it becoming a thing started it. And also, I think Chloe, like, I think we can't even fault her for anything she did because I'm sure she had to take a Xanax that morning just to even get through the day. You know what I mean? Like, truly, no, I think— No, I'm sure. I th- just, that's what I think it was. I think looking back, she's like, wow, I really—that was totally uncalled for. But in the moment, she just couldn't— I really, I really, and then the scenes for next week where Malik is like, Did you think you were going to end up at your daughter's birthday crying? We're like, Why don't you throw some fucking salt in the wound? We literally, we literally turn to each other and we're like, Malika, come on. Like, why kick her when she's down? Like, what? I don't know. I mean, obviously, Malika's a ride or die, but that was, yeah, but that was just, yeah, we all make our mistakes. I just, I, guys, I'm telling you honestly, first of all, that, that's when it ended. We have nothing else to tell you except for that. There's, I'm sure there are little details that we may have missed, but that was the main. Next week, we see a lot more. Like, we are so excited for that. I have to tell you, I have an amazing feeling about this season. Oh, my God, of course. And I really, really do. I think that this episode set us up for such excellent content. Because you want to know something? Last season, we were waiting up till Jordan Gate. Jordan Gate happened now. Like, well, the thing is, I think especially about us and a lot of Kardashian fans is that we love the aftermath more than the actual events. Always. And that's what this season, I think, is going to be. And something I was thinking about a lot, did we? did I say this to you out loud? I was just thinking in my head is like, we're watching this stuff. And I had one of those moments, which I often do, I don't know, a couple episodes a season where I'm like, why the fuck do I care so much? And then I realized, because it's like, think about how people get 
We did. I said this out loud to you because then we were like Game of Thrones too. It's like people get so into shows. Like think about any of the major shows, right? People are so into it. This is basically like if you're a Game of Thrones fan, for example, this is how people are about I that kind of stuff. I literally looked at you in the middle of the episode and went, Game of Thrones is shaking. Yeah, Game like, of Thrones could never. Truly. Like that's that's how I view this as. It's just like your favorite characters in a show, but it's real life and we get to see them in another lens. It's really a unique situation. It, I don't know. I just, I have zero shame guilt, embarrassment about being as invested as I am. Because I've said it a million times, you can be an incredibly intelligent, like, um, you know, cultural, well-rounded person that loves this shit. And I don't think that takes away anything. Should we make a a podcast about it? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Love you. Love you. Okay. Guys, we, I'm just so excited. This is like amazing. I'm so happy we're back. We will see you tomorrow for our regular episode with Erin Lim. So excited. She's the best. And she's coming here. We're doing our regular episode with her. What else? Any other announcements that we have to make? I think that's it, kid. Please, 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 if you feel inclined and feel generous, leave us five stars. Leave a nice review. It helps us so much. Just It takes five seconds out of your day, and it really makes a huge difference, and we would really appreciate it. This is literally a 10-page outline, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Me either, kid. Love you guys. See you tomorrow. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.